What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Westside Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the podcast, welcome. This podcast is free and available on all major recording platforms with podcasts coming out four to five days a week. Um, I posted up a podcast earlier today, about an hour ago, on a special edition episode for the Mariners ending the drought. Uh, this podcast is going to be just like normal, uh, with the same breakdown and summary as always uh, around the world. NFL recap, a little new, new section for you guys, uh, breakdown of the series versus Oakland. Seahawks takeaways from the Lions game yesterday, and then we're walking it off. Uh, and with that being said, let's get straight into it, shall we? Around the world starts out today uh, with Broncos running back Javante Williams tearing his ACL, PCL, and LCL. He will be obviously out for the remainder of the season for the Denver Broncos. A massive loss for the franchise, uh, the offense, as well as fantasy owners who happen to have Javante Williams and relying upon another big year from the year two running back out of North Carolina. Tua Tungabayaloa has been ruled out for week five. Multiple doctors and medical personnel from the Miami Dolphins have been relieved of their duties for failing to test and evaluate Tua properly, which put him in harm's way as we all saw on Thursday's game versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Brittany Griner has an appeal which is set for October 25th. Uh, I do not have any more details on that. Just basic appeal on that. I will get more information as that comes. Phoenix Suns could sell for a record $4 billion for the organization. The uh, record is specifically for the value of the franchise, not for the amount of money the franchise is selling. Um, years ago, when the Phoenix Suns were a little, uh, not as uh, much of a respectable organization after the days of Steve Nash and Roy Sotomayor, Leandro Barbosa, and Sean Marion, uh, the Franchise took a huge down spiral and value, and they've been working up lately or the last few years with the additions of Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, the list goes on. Braves sweep the Mets, essentially removing the Mets out of the possibility of having home field advantage for the playoffs. Uh, saw a stat that Max Scherzer, who allowed that uh, last game sweep to be finalized and to happen, End up destroying like over a million dollars worth of merchandise in the in the dugout after a post game tyrant rampage, uh, crybaby mess, whatever you want to call it. Max Scherzer is a bit of a crybaby. I'm not gonna just get into that, but I'm just gonna sit, keep it there for you guys. Uh, Indianapolis Colts fear that John, a running back and star for fantasy owners Jonathan Taylor as a least at least a high ankle sprain. It could be more, could be worse. Um. I have yet to get more of an update information on that. I have been looking actively throughout the morning and late, uh, early afternoon here for you guys, but nothing has been official or brought out from the team yet. Steelers QB1 role is, quote, up in the air for Mike Tomlin. Um, Mitch Trubisky was relieved it's at halftime due to a coach's choice. And uh, Pickett, their rookie quarterback, came in, unfortunately threw an interception on his first pass. Was able to rebound fairly nicely. I would anticipate probably they go with Pickett for the rest of the season. Obviously, barring some kind of an injury, knock on wood for the young man. But I would anticipate that Mitch's opportunity with the Steelers has ended, which is odd considering he was voted a captain, but yet he gets to play only a couple of games. Kind of goes to show you maybe that their locker room is a bit thin on the offensive side. Joey Bosa, uh, edge rusher for the LA Chargers, will be out 8-10 to 10 weeks after uh, having surgery to repair a groin Hair. And that is a uh, disappointing thing for me personally because I have the Chargers defense for my fantasy team. 
uh, multiple fantasy teams, and uh, after they signed Khalil Mack and everything like that in the offseason, they have been a bit of a disappointment throughout the defense on the regular season. NFL recaps the main scores from yesterday, besides for obviously the Seahawks, which we will get into here in a bit. Chiefs beat the Bucks 41-31. Packers 27-24 over, over the Patriots. Raiders 32-23 over the Broncos. Cardinals 26-16 over Carolina. Eagles 29 over or 29-21, excuse me, over the Jaguars. Eagles stay undefeated and the only undefeated team in football. 49ers and the Rams are will set to uh, face off tonight on Monday Night Football. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, as usual, will be on the call for ESPN. I got a uh, quick quick side topic for you guys on this. Um, the NFL recap section is new. Kind of, kind of trying to incorporate the major scores and stuff like that to have a couple takeaways from these scores. First of all, the Chiefs looked fantastic. Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes-like things. Uh, he's showing that he can still be just as productive without Tyree Kill, even though Tyree Kill is having a great year for the Miami Dolphins. Um, they seem to be doing well. Unfortunately, uh, their young rookies have been a little bit of a struggle, but uh, Kelsey and the crew have been fairly good. Juju Smith-Schuster looking to have bounced back for the rest of the season for the Chiefs. Packers beating the Patriots yesterday. Bill Belichick said that Aaron Rodgers just made Aaron Rodgers-like throws, which is uh, the reason why they were able to beat the Patriots, especially with the fact they had no Mac Jones. Brian, Brian Hoyer was in there. He got hurt. And then uh, Bailey Zappi, who was out of Western Michigan, uh, the same uh, college that George Fant, a previous uh, tight end slash tackle, swing tackle from Seattle, went to the Jets, came out of. He ended up coming in, came in going down to overtime. So uh, just very, very heavy on, on the run game, especially with no Daniel Jones and no Brian Hoyer there. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. Raiders finally get on the board with a win for the regular season against the Broncos. Russell Wilson looked better in that game, running a little bit at the end of that game, but it was a little too, uh, little too, uh, what's the analogy I'm looking for? It was uh, not enough of an effort. It was a little too late to try and do a heroic effort for Russell Wilson to try and beat the Raiders. Raiders had a great overall ground game, uh, like I touched on at the beginning of today's podcast. Very much a bummer. For Javante Williams losing him for the regular season. Melvin Gordon cannot hold on to a football for the life of him right now. And uh, I think they had Mike Boone who dropped that uh, possibly game-turning catch from Russell there at the end of the game. As they were frantically trying trying to score. Eagles continue to play fantastic. Defense showed up against the the, the Jags. Uh, Jalen Hurts just continuing to play outstanding football. Really happy for Eagles fans. They got a good thing going for them over there right now. And uh, that's going to be the NFL recap for today and for this week. Obviously, I'll have a uh, update and a, a game recap for 49ers and Rams tonight as that has tons of implications not only for the NFC West but for the NFC wildcard and for the playoff uh, seeding already. And though I know it's early, but guys, start having these kind of conversations at some time. Mariners, unfortunately, lose the series versus the Oakland Athletics. Robbie really struggled again versus Oakland. The theme for the year for Robbie versus Oakland is either he's dominated the Oakland A's or he's been nearly ineffective. Lack of control yesterday for Robbie, sort of the snowball effect that yesterday was overall for him. It's disappointing. Uh, did not last long. Had to use up more of the bullpen, which was not ideal by any form of the way. But the celebration hangover was still apparent, even though the game after which uh, on Friday night was Luis Castillo showed up and showed out, pitched outstanding, as he has for most of the season after the trade from the Cincinnati Reds for the Mariners. 
Jesse Winker provided the offense yesterday with another home run. Weirdly off against another left-handed pitcher. Another puzzling day for Jesse Winker. Hopefully this is a somehow a wake-up period for Winker. I'm not going to count too many eggs in that basket or anything. I've had plenty to say about Jesse Winker between this whole season and the podcast today earlier about the Mariners playoff drought ending. But uh, just the value of having Jesse Winker's bat off the bench will be helpful, especially as they go, possibly, or as it looking like, up to Toronto to play the Toronto Blue Jays for the wild card as, a, as they host the number one seed. Currently, the Mariners sit at the, at the, at the number two wild card. The final game's uh, looming near this week as the series versus the Detroit Tigers starts today. A perfect opportunity for the boys to reset the Friday's celebrations and yesterday's loss and series loss overall with a poor team with Detroit coming to town. Expectations uh, for Julio is for him to be activated today. I can tell you I just checked on Twitter about five minutes ago before I started recording this podcast. That he is officially activated. He will be DHing and leading off tonight for your Seattle Mariners. Jared Kelnick will be in center field. Pitching matchup today will be Brian Garcia of for the Detroit Tigers versus George Kirby. Uh, this is at Alex Mayer on Twitter. For those of you who don't know who he is, he's one of the main stat guys that works for the Mariners. He does a fantastic job digging and finding great stats all the time about this team and the Mariners and where they're at. The Mariners are the first MLB team with a 5-plus F4 pitcher. For those who don't know what, what war means, it's wins above re- replacement. A 5-plus F4 positional player and a 3-plus F4 pitcher who are both rookies. These rookies being Julio Rodriguez and George Kirby. These are the first two rookies since 1984 when the Mariners had Alvin Davis and Mark Langston to have that kind of a feat and an overall value for the team. Just wanted to bring that fun stat for you guys today. Seahawks, 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 Seahawks. Holy mackerel, was that a game yesterday, wasn't it? Offensive uh, palooza, an explosion. It was, you, there's so many ways. A circus. It was a wild game. There was not much defense. There was a couple of good plays on the defensive side for Seattle, which we're going to do here in a bit. But I got to start out with the game we're talking about Geno Smith. 48-45. Geno Smith's first four games for you guys, right? 77.3 completion percentage leads the league, 1,037 yards, 6 touchdowns, 2 picks. And for just pure comparison, as it's been a positive, or a, uh, well, it's not positive, but it's been a uh, reoccurring thing showing up today on Twitter. Russell Wilson start to the season in Denver, 61% completion percentage, 980 yards, 4 touchdowns, and 1 interception. Geno Smith's outplaying Russell. Every every way, every stat, every fashion of football, Geno Smith's been a better quarterback than Russell Wilson this year, and nobody could have written that up, not even myself included, or much of any. I didn't hear a single analyst on Fox, ESPN, CBS, NFL Network, Good Morning Football. None of them talk about this. So just want to talk, just mention that for a second. Hell of a start for, for Geno to start for the first four games, first quarter of, of the season. Geno yesterday going 23 of 30 through the air, 320, uh, 320 yards passing, two touchdowns, pass rating of 132. What a day for Geno Smith. Rashad Penny running wild and rampant all over the place. 17 carries, 151 yards, two touchdowns. Last week, I did talk about how I wanted more carries for Penny. Only a couple more total in this game, but he was largely more effective in this game. Offensive line did a heck of a job. No sacks allowed yet yesterday. Over 200 yards total rushing on the ground. DK Metcalf, seven receptions, 149 yards. Jeff Okuda is going to have nightmares of DK Metcalf because... 
DK went in, into that game and fought out, called out Jeff uh, Jeff Okuda, saying that he was not going to be able to cover him. He's going to need safety help, which they actually did do. And uh, he still ate and did a great job and had a great game. Uh, see here. Will Disley, four receptions, 39 yards, and a touchdown. What we're kind of seeing from the Seattle offense this year so far, they clearly don't have a number three wide receiver option. But what they're doing is that the incorporation of these tight ends, we're seeing Will Disley catching touchdown passes on back-to-back weeks. Colby Parkinson being utilized in a lot of boot screens. He's so fast and so big. This is what we've been talking about and hearing about, specifically with Colby Parkinson when they drafted him out of Stanford a couple years ago, was that he was 6'7", he could move, good hands, good overall body, good ability to block, and I really like this tandem of tight ends right now between uh, Will, Will, Will Disley, excuse me, Noah Fant, and Colby Parkinson. Jordan Brooks yesterday tied 11 total tackles. Unfortunately, they still allowed a handful of yards, which we'll get into here in a bit. Obviously, Tariq Woolen with the pick six. Kobe Bryant forced to fumble. Uh, both of those two rookies continue just to shine. The injuries are starting to pile up for uh, injury weeks, excuse me, starting to pile up for Justin Coleman. Kobe Bryant has all but seized the opportunity in the job at slot corner. I don't see any way that Justin Coleman gets on the field, parring some kind of an injury. Knock on wood. Uh, defense, just bad. Just awful in general, though. Allowing 500-plus total yards of offense. Jared Goff slinging the ball all over the yard for 378 yards. Four touchdowns. Jamal Williams, 108 yards, two touchdowns. TJ Hawkinson went nuts for 179 yards, two touchdowns. The fact that the Lions did these, like, got these numbers, performed this well without their top three options on offense with uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, DJ Chark, and DeAndre Swift is absolutely inexcusable for this defense. I don't, I don't know where it even starts, to be honest with you, with this defense. I don't like Co- uh, Co- Cody Barton. I thought he played well in week one. Since then, he has been exposed. He, I would not be shocked at all if the Seahawks look to bring in a veteran linebacker. Just for the simple reason that Cody Barton's just not, he's not it. Unfortunately, I want him to be it. I really want to root for for Cody Barton really bad. But he's light in the proverbial britches, as Brock Light likes to say. No butt, no strength, hardly. Got decent speed, decent instincts. But the strength is a huge problem, especially at linebacker. We've seen how important it is to Jordan Brooks, obviously with Bobby Wagner, obviously with, with KJ Wright. The list goes on, right? Um, of how important that strength factor is for linebackers and everything like that. Josh Jones has really struggled so far this season. I wouldn't be shocked if they if they yanked him and gave more opportunities for Ryan Neal. Hopefully, Joey Blunt can get uh, right sooner than later, so we can maybe see if with him gets in. Because it's just not been the same Josh Jones we saw in regular or post and uh, excuse me preseason and training camp. If I can talk today, this is on my second podcast, so I'm a little little scattered brain, little little squirrel brain for you guys today. But uh, Josh Jones is not, not not cutting it, man. Just not getting it done. Uh, he had a perfect opportunity Sunday to stop Jamal Williams on that 50-yard touchdown run. Completely whiffed it. And it's a glaring issue with the fact that Josh Jones can't tackle. And this defense needs to be able to learn how to do it. Or else it's going to be a very, very bad year. An embarrassing thing for Pete Carroll. And if there's one thing Pete Carroll cannot stand or two things, you best be able to run the football and play some damn defense. And they can run the football decently right now or against probably the worst defense or scoring defense in all of football against the the Detroit Lions. But you can't stop anybody on defense. And the Lions, who are not that great and had practice squad guys like Kennedy, the wide receiver, 
hauling and catches all over the, the place. I don't know if it's Clint Hurt's scheme. I don't know if it's the way it's being, you know, brought down and like talked about and being taught. Something has to change and it needs to happen now. I heard about last week saying Pete saying we're gonna get back to this. And I'll be honest, I have not gotten a chance to listen to the Pete Carroll show today. I'm a little bit behind today. I've been trying to record and get podcasts up for you guys today as I've been taking a couple days off after the Mariner stuff. But this needs to be addressed. It needs to be changed. This is a glaring problem, and the longer the season goes on and the more the injuries start to pile up, the more these injuries are going to become even more apparent and get rise and brought to the surface, which other teams are going to expose and take advantage of. So please, somehow, find a way to fix this defense or just make it, but not even fix it, right? Clint Hurt, you said you're going to be aggressive. I'm seeing a little bit of pass rush. I'm not seeing a ton. You need to find a way to use Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor is being completely ineffective right now. He isn't doing anything. He's not creating pass rushes. He's not setting a run edge. Boye Mafe is outplaying Daryl Taylor every single game. And that's a fact. And I'm stoked because I love Boye Mafe and what he brings. He's more of a Bruce Irvin. But Daryl Taylor, you need to figure out what you're really good at. And this team and this scheme and this coaching overall... Needs to figure out what he's best at and utilize utilize him accordingly because this is becoming a glaring hole and you spent way too much resource and put way too many eggs into the basket of Daryl Taylor not to use him properly. Just wanted to put that out there. I will have a deeper dive on the on what Pete Carroll addresses on the Brock and Salk show here on tomorrow's podcast and kind of give you guys an idea on what I hear, what I think, what's going to be implemented, stuff like that. They'll be up here tomorrow. We're walking it off and we're out today. Uh, with the celebrations being wrapped up for the, for the Mariners, look for them to, to take advantage of a piss-poor Tigers team. This is a perfect opportunity to get Julio and the Bats to wake up and get firing on all cylinders as playoff baseball awaits this weekend as we start the proverbial playoff push, finally, for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast or the overall conversation and topics and have not done already, Please do me a huge favor and subscribe, leave a rating, and hit the notification bell. So that way, when I re-record these podcasts, it goes straight to your phone for your convenience. And you can have uh, listen to what I have, a, have to say today. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day for listening. Hopefully, the Mariners can bounce back again today. I feel pretty good about it. The Detroit Tigers are a bad team. Uh, this pitcher coming in is a young rookie. Not a whole lot of run behind him. Not a lot of, not a lot of, excuse me, not a lot of tape either. So be curious to see what happens today. See us rise. Go Hawks. Let's, let's, uh, let's get some uh, Tiger Souffle, Tiger uh, Detroit deep dish pizza on the order today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Catch you guys tomorrow. Peace.